We are in the condition we are in, in the state of ignorance we are in, in the state of war, in the state of economic depression, in the state of depletion of the resources of our planet because of the greed of psychopaths who thought they could create their own reality. Well, look at the reality they created. You're listening to The Truth Perspective on the Soft Radio Network, the world for people who think. Hello, today is Sunday, February 4th, 2018, and welcome to The Truth Perspective, everyone. I'm your host, Elon Martin, and with me in the studio today is Harrison Keeley. Hello, everyone. Joining us on the show, we're fortunate to have with us today Bulgarian investigative journalist and Middle East correspondent, Diljana Gaitanjeva. Welcome to the show, Diljana. Hello, and thank you for having me and taking interest in uh, our investigations. Well, we appreciate you spending the time with us uh, today to discuss those investigations. They're super interesting. Uh, But before we discuss those, uh, could you please share with us and our listeners a little bit about your background and and what it is that you've been used to doing as a journalist for the past several years? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, I'm a Bulgarian journalist, uh, currently based uh, in Sofia. This is the Bulgarian uh, capital. Uh, I've been a journalist for 15 years, um, and um, the last uh, five of years of which I've been covering uh, war zones, uh, and especially the Middle East. Uh, the last years, I I covered uh, the war in Syria in particular, and uh, my last investigations were um, on the Bulgarian weapons supplies to terrorists in Syria. Not only Bulgarian weapons, it turned out that many countries supplied weapons to the so-called moderate rebels in Syria. Uh, My country was one of them, but uh, the organizer of this uh, scheme, massive and international criminal scheme, was not my country. Uh, it was, uh, um, if we, if you want me to start with this investigation, I can continue. Sure. Uh, the main organizer of this uh, criminal scheme uh, was um, uh, uh, the Pentagon and uh, the CIA, and uh, I have uh, documents proving this involvement, uh, and uh, also Saudi uh, Arabia. Let's not uh, forget uh, the involvement of Saudi Arabia. Actually, Balkan states uh, such as Bulgaria, Serbia, Romania, Croatia, the Czech Republic, uh, they uh, sold weapons to uh, the U.S. Special Operations Command and covert. Uh, program uh, of the Pentagon and the CIA, and uh, these weapons were transported to different uh, war zones uh, on diplomatic flights, mm-hmm. provided by the uh, Azuri state-run company, Silkway Airlines. So you can see uh, the whole pattern, how many countries have been involved in this um, international weapons shipment of, of uh, to terrorists um, in Syria. Um, unfortunately, uh, so far, 
we have nobody held to account because the result is uh, appalling. More than 500,000 people in Syria have already been killed by the very same weapons. Everybody talks about um, how disgusting this war is. Uh, everybody says uh, uh, we are against terrorism, but actually they have been secretly facilitating this terrorism because if the terrorists had not had these weapons, they would not have uh, established their caliphate and murdered so many people um, in Syria, Yemen and other places. This is uh, the scary thing, and they have documents on uh, 350 diplomatic flights with weapons uh, to Syria and Yemen and um, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, um, Congo, and other war zones around the world. And uh, all these um, flights um, were uh, performed in the last three years. Uh, uh, actually, we're talking about uh, weapons supplies uh, since uh, 2015. This is what I have uh, documented. Hmm. Diliana, um, <clears throat> maybe you can tell our listeners how you first got on or, or found out about these connections, um, because you were actually a correspondent on the ground in Syria. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Um, I come from a very small country, and uh, here we have no secret. So. Uh, we, as having said we, I mean, we, the journalists in Bulgaria, we knew that Bulgaria had been uh, supplying weapons uh, to Syria, but uh, the proof came in December 2016 when I was reporting on the Battle of Aleppo, uh, when the jihadists from al-Nusra front, this is the al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria, retreated from their positions in eastern Aleppo, uh, I uh, got inside uh, nine underground uh, warehouses full of heavy weapons with Bulgaria as their country of origin. Um, I was um, accompanied uh, with the local cameraman and producer. I had uh, my local sources. I'm stressing this because uh, all the time I got the one and the same question. Uh, who helped you? Uh, got inside, uh, uh, where did you get the uh, information from? I can assure you, all the journalists who were covering uh, this war there, all of them were able to got inside if they, if they wished and to film these weapons, not only Bulgarian weapons. If they wanted to carry out uh, an investigation, they could have carried out such investigation and they could have uh, helped uh, stop these uh, weapon supplies a long uh, ago. They just uh, didn't want to do that. So uh, I'm not the only journalist. I mean, um, I, I was there and I did what I had to do and what I had to show to the people. That's the truth. Uh, I don't know why other journalists didn't uh, do the same. I, I have no explanation. I mean, I had such explanation, but I don't want to talk about other It's up to their cultures. Right. Well, Diliana, at some point uh, in the midst of your doing your correspondence work in Syria, uh, some documents were leaked to you 
Uh, can you yes. tell us a little bit about that and how yeah. that helped your investigation? Yeah. When I filmed the Bulgarian weapons, uh, uh, the weapons, they had serial numbers, uh, they had labels with um, the manufacturer and uh, the company, the Bulgarian company, which exported these weapons. So I traced back uh, these shipments when I got back uh, to my home country. And uh, I started publishing uh, a series of reports on uh, these uh, weapons shipments. Uh, but um, few months after my first uh, report from Aleppo, uh, I got uh, a message on Twitter uh, by an anonymous uh, Twitter account. And um, I was leaked uh, secret documents, which were diplomatic notes between a number of uh, embassies, mm -hmm. uh, not only in Bulgaria, but also uh, in other countries, mainly Balkan countries. Uh, this was a correspondence between them and uh, the Azerbaijani Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Bulgarian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and many other um, embassies. So uh, in these uh, leaked uh, documents, I found out uh, the documentation well, which uh, uh, proved uh, the diplomatic scheme, actually how all these countries uh, supplied weapons on diplomatic flights and under diplomatic cover to the U.S. Special Operations Command, uh, which uh, transported these weapons to Syria under such diplomatic cover. Diplomatic flights are exempt of checks, inspections, and air bills. Even now, we can't exactly say if uh, the type and the quantity of uh, the weapons um uh, which uh which uh, uh which was shipped to Syria we can't say if this was exactly the same quantity because no checks no inspections have ever been made mm -hmm. and, so uh, that's, yeah mm -hmm. sorry well that that's a uh, oh, go ahead <laughs> i published the uh, uh, a link to these documents online because uh, I wanted more people to to see the documents and to to trust me to believe me because in the beginning uh, I my reports were met with uh, silence in my country and uh, uh, with uh, total rejection. I was accused of uh, betraying the interests of my country and. Uh, uh, terrible allegations. I was accused of wrongdoing because I didn't keep silent um, about what I saw in uh, Syria. But uh, it is even not needed to, to explain uh, why uh, I I published these uh, uh, revelations. Every human being uh, must uh, do the same uh, because uh, I do believe that if we all uh, fight against uh, such criminal uh, schemes, we can somehow stop them uh, when we shed light on uh, weapon supplies to terrorists. Sooner or later, these supplies will stop. And to be honest, I'm happy that um, a few months after I started publishing my reports, uh, other journalists also got involved. Uh, they also published uh, the Silkway 
um, documents and started investigating the weapon supplies uh, to terrorists from their countries. And uh, finally, uh, the U.S. government announced uh, the termination of the program. Actually, this was the first time when uh, Donald Trump uh, confirmed uh, uh, the existence of such a CIA program um, officially. And uh, I'm happy that this in the end stopped. No matter that now the United States uh, uh, still uh, use uh, Bulgarian weapons to other places, uh, this is another another issue. At least uh, my reports helped people to in my country to to see the truth, because uh, Bulgaria is uh, not a warlike country, and uh, no matter what our government um, has been doing, uh, we're against our involvement in this war, especially when we send weapons to terrorists not to the so-called moderate rebels. These were not moderate rebels. Uh, these were Al-Qaeda terrorists because you can't call an opposition moderate when it is heavily armed and when it kills civilians. Mm -hmm. Well, that just uh, reminds me, uh, uh, just in the last week, um, there had, well, what was the exact story? There was something that was going on in Syria Um I, oh, I, th I think it might have been the, the downing of the, the Russian uh, jet mm -hmm. just a couple of days ago, from just yesterday. And one of the, uh, I th it might have been the BBC, but it was a, a big Western media organization had put out a headline saying that um, rebel group, rebel group claims responsibility for, you know, downing the, the jet. And then in the article, it named the, <laughs> it named the rebel group as um, like, I think they're going yeah, but by. Down which yeah, is so yeah. Bad, right, and it yeah. even says in there, um, you know, a known a known affiliate of the, you know, um, Al Qaeda mm -hmm. affiliate in Syria, and um, so right in the headline they call them a rebel group, and then in the actual article they mention that they're Al Qaeda, which is just it, it really goes to show how biased uh, and just. Um, you know, how little regard for truth or presenting the actual story that the Western media actually have, um, that they'll continue on with this narrative about uh, rebels in Syria. And if this was, uh, even if this was in Iraq, you know, where the Americans had the, you know, the upper hand militarily, they would have called them terrorists. But because it's Syria and because it's Bashar al-Assad and Russia and Hezbollah, you know, on the side against the terrorists, then all the terrorists, they're just called rebel groups. Well, that's uh, absolutely true. And I have seen on the ground in Syria how some journalists uh, had to report on, um, for example, bomb explosions and how others uh, even didn't bother to go and film uh, the victims of such uh, atrocities simply because uh, they knew very well that the perpetrators were Al-Qaeda or the Islamic State. They just ignored uh, uh, such uh, tragedies. And uh, any other examples can be given, but uh, the point is that uh, finally the world uh, starts to realize um, the truth uh, the truth is uh, appalling. We all are uh, supplied 
well, I mean, all uh, the countries from Europe and the United States, uh, Saudi Arabia, supplied uh, weapons to the terrorists in Syria on the pretext that these are honest revolutionaries fighting against uh, Bashar al-Assad. And I want uh, uh, always I got the same question. Are you supporting Bashar al-Assad? No, I don't support any regime. I'm against any regime and I have been reporting on Syria uh, for five years, so I have seen a lot and I don't uh, support uh, any regime. But I can't accept that because you're against uh, one, um, uh, the government of one country, you should uh, facilitate uh, terrorists so that they can uh, follow your own agenda. I'm talking about the United States and Saudi Arabia. Um, you can uh, find um, nationals among the terrorists uh, from 86 countries how come all these uh, uh, nationals from 86 countries how come they uh, crossed uh, the border and uh, entered syria obviously they were facilitated not only to penetrate uh, syria but also to uh, to be heavily armed and uh, launch attacks on civilians in Syria so that they can uh, topple the, the Assad regime. That's the sad truth. Uh, unfortunately, uh, five years later, we have uh, more than uh, half uh, uh, a million people dead and nobody uh, will be held to account. I tried to check um, what's uh, the legal, what the legal, uh, what, what the legal basis is for that. But uh, it turned out that, for example, the United States um, uh, is not a state party to uh, the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court, meaning that the United States cannot be held, or not the United States, the U.S. government. I don't want to differentiate between the, the American people and the government and they can't be uh, held to account for war crimes simply because they didn't join um, um, this uh, international treaty. No legal ways to, to hold somebody to account. So, Diliana, you, you have a, a very specific and firsthand kind of, but also a kind of a... Um, uh, what's the term? It's a kind of a um, bird's eye view of the situation in Syria. I mean, you you were not only um, looking at it uh, from the eyes of a journalist, but you were on the ground there. Uh, I've heard interviews with you where you, you've seen things that have, um, on the ground, you've seen the direct um, impact and destruction of the weapons that um, that were a part of this scheme that you describe in your articles. And so it, it's it's become a very kind of real uh, a real thing to you. Something that um, my impression is um, has hit you on a, a visceral yes. level uh, yeah. that that made the whole situation very difficult to ignore as um, not only a journalist but just as a human being. Yeah. Um, mm, exactly. Um, maybe. Um, uh, too much influenced of what I saw in Syria. Yes, I, I must, I must confirm that. So, 
I try to be um, not prejudiced uh, and to set aside all these emotions, but uh, there was a story which uh, struck me and uh, which haunts me uh, still. I can't forget uh, this. Uh, 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 it was a rocket attack. Uh, I was in Aleppo. And um, uh, because, you know, uh, when we're talking about uh, deaths, uh, they're just numbers, they're statistics. But, but when you see uh, yourself, uh, even one death, uh, in my case, the death of a child, you, you just uh, can't stop thinking about it. Uh, it really matters. It has a name. It is not anonymous. Uh, so I was uh, uh, inside the hotel in Aleppo with many Western journalists, by the way, and a rocket fell next to us, and um, it we heard a huge blast. So I, no, the rest of the journalists didn't 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 go because they knew that this rocket came from Eastern Aleppo, where the so-called moderate rebels were located. So the Western journalists were not supposed to 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 cover this uh, tragedy because they should uh, say to their viewers, look what the moderate rebels are doing. They are hitting um, civilians in Western Aleppo. Uh, the terrorists, not uh, the Syrian government or the Russian forces on the ground in Aleppo. And I went uh, to, to see the aftermath of this um, strike and uh, the rockets uh, hit fallen upon a car with a mother and a child in the car. Uh, they were beheaded. And the child was beheaded. And I, I can't forget this scene. And uh, I can't stop thinking that this was the very same rocket that I filmed uh, in Eastern Aleppo. I mean, the, the same time, Bulgarian rocket. And uh, I tried to explain to people in Bulgaria, look what uh, our government is doing, look uh, what happened in Aleppo, the Bulgarian rockets killed a child and beheaded a, a small child, five, five year old child with his mother, they were heading to the markets to, to buy food and all of a sudden this rocket fell over them and they were beheaded and when you see the death yourself, uh, it really matters. And it was not only this child, a lot of children there behaved the same way forward. Just because governments from the other parts of the world want, uh, want to topple another government, uh, it, the other parts of the world. I, I can't understand the sense of this war. Um, every crisis must have political solution, but not war solution. The, the war is not a solution. It, it can't change anything. Um, that is why I, I can't set aside my emotions. I'm sorry that I'm so emotional now, but people can't really understand the truth because they don't have the truth. All that uh, is being presented to them is uh, propaganda. Uh, we have this saying here in my country, the first uh, victim of every war this is the truth. And this is what happened to Syria. The first victim of the war in Syria was the truth. From the very first day, people were lied uh, by the media that this is a revolution. This wasn't revolution. What happened? Yes, in the beginning, 
some of uh, the protests were against uh, the regime and people uh, did want a change. But uh, very soon their protest was hijacked by foreign powers and they uh, turned this uh, protest, peaceful protest, to a bloodshed. Wow, Diliana, you've mentioned um, you've mentioned interacting with Bulgarians about this, and you also uh, several minutes ago you said that um, um, one of the responses that you've gotten has been to uh, try to basically shame you for bringing this um, these documents and these realities to light. Um, have you gotten any positive? feedback from Bulgarians, like even just ordinary people who, who yeah. um, mm -hmm. you know, have, have responded to what you've been saying? Yes, on social media, luckily, uh, I, I had uh, huge uh, support uh, from my uh, fellow countrymen and women, um, but uh, I, I didn't have any support. Um, from my colleagues uh, mm -hmm. in other media organizations in Bulgaria, uh, they some of them told me in private conversations that they don't want to lose their job, <laughs> like mm -hmm. uh, as it happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the price. Sometimes we have to choose between uh, our well-being and. Um, our conscience and our duty to to the people because for me it was such a shame and um, i felt i felt terrible in syria when people asked me where i came from and when i answered they the first question uh, i got was why are you saying uh, why are you sending weapons to terrorists to kill our children and I didn't know what to answer. That's the truth people think of uh, Bulgaria and other uh, Balkan states as the main supplies to terrorists, but this is not true. Yes, Bulgarian weapons uh, made it to terrorists in Syria, but they were transported on diplomatic flights by, um, uh, by the Pentagon and uh, the CIA. Uh, it sounds like a science fiction maybe to people, but I can provide the documents proving that that allegation. All this was well uh, uh, prepared, and, um, and and as a result, finally, we have uh, one of the deadliest uh, war uh, in the last decade, the war in Syria. Well, just, just getting back to um, the response from, uh, from the people of Bulgaria, at some point uh, you had put out a, a few of these articles in Trude newspaper and um, the, uh, I guess the Bulgarian intelligence agencies had called you in to discuss your research with you. Could you tell us a little bit about what happened there and why they no, called you in? Mm-hmm. Um. In the beginning, uh, the Bulgarian prosecutors uh, launched an investigation into the Bulgarian uh, weapon supplies to terrorists in Aleppo, but nobody even asked me to provide uh, this footage, and I was the only witness, and nobody um, even uh, questioned me. And 
they didn't want me to speak up about my findings in Aleppo. A uh, few weeks uh, later, they uh, came to the conclusion that there was no uh, wrongdoing by the manufacturer of these weapons and the company which exported the weapons. So all was fine. They said Bulgaria uh, has not uh, sent weapons to Syria, to terrorists in Syria, which was obvious. I don't expect that the Bulgarian government or the Bulgarian prime minister uh, to have a contract uh, with uh, Jolani or Baghdadi, the leaders of Al-Qaeda, of uh, al-Nusra and uh, uh, the Islamic State. Of course not. The scheme was uh, under diplomatic cover and I provided uh, evidence and documents and uh, the Bulgarian, I want to explain the leg legislation in Bulgaria. Every weapons um, uh, export from Bulgaria must be approved by a special commission, uh, which includes um, members of the Bulgarian government and the director of the Bulgarian National Security Agency. So all these weapons um, exports have been approved by Bulgarian officials, by the Bulgarian government and by the director of the Bulgarian National Security Agency. They were all well aware that these Bulgarian weapons were destined to war zones and uh, they tried to justify themselves uh, by the fact that uh, the Conseil-Ni uh, was U.S. Special Operations Command or Saudi Arabia, but uh, neither the U.S. Army nor the Saudi Army uh, use uh, Bulgarian weapons because they're Soviet-style weapons. They are non-U.S. standard weapons, and they are not compatible with the military standard standard of the United, uh, the U.S. Army and the Saudi Army. Uh, furthermore, I provided uh, footage and evidence uh, from the ground uh, in Aleppo that Bulgarian weapons ended up in the hands of terrorists. They ignored that uh, fact and uh, instead of investigating the crimes, uh, namely uh, weapons shipments of terrorists, they investigated me, my sources. And um, I was uh, interrogated by the Bulgarian National Security Agency. They wanted me to disclose my sources. I'm not uh, obliged to do it. Uh, neither uh, because the Bulgarian uh, legislation protects me as a journalist, nor because my uh, understanding of uh, how a journalist must uh, protect its sources allows me to, to do that. So I didn't disclose my sources and a few hours later I got a phone call from uh, the secretary of the newspaper where I used to work and uh, she asked me to go and to sign uh, the papers for my resignation, for my firing actually. Um, they didn't want me to, to go back to Syria to continue the investigation because I was about to, to travel again to Syria um, to, in order to, to finish this investigation. I had a, a huge documentation detailing the types of the weapons and I wanted to see how many of these uh, items ended up in Syria, but I wasn't able to, to do it. That's why I was fired to, to stop investigating. 
have you been working okay. have you been working independently since then or did you find a, yeah. have you been working with another paper um i am a freelance journalist i prefer mm -hmm. to work that way because i yeah. i i never uh, i i can't imagine to go through this again it was yeah. a huge humiliation for me i was in a position to to try to justify my my reports for what I risked my life in Aleppo. I'm not complaining, don't get me wrong. I mean, I had to justify why I risked my life in Aleppo instead of um, covering briefings here in Sofia. And it, it was very shameful. I'm not in the position to, to justify my uh, decision in life. So I prefer to do what I want and... Um, uh, any media organization which is willing to to feature such stories is welcome, and I am glad to work with anybody who wants to to shed light on such um, issues, mainly weapon supplies. Now I am investigating uh, the Pentagon weapons program uh, programs. It is not only the Syrian program; there are many Pentagon uh, weapons programs, scary programs. Mm -hmm. Well, did we want to get into that, or is there more you wanted to cover on Syria? Well, um, is there anything else crucial to your story about the Syrian arms smuggling that we left out at this time, Diliana? Anything that we should include here to round out the picture? Um, there is uh, a follow-up story, uh, and it is uh, uh, actually it. It, there is a reaction and it came not from the Bulgarian government or the Pentagon or Saudi Arabia or other parties involved in, in this international weapons shipment network. It came from the Council of Europe. Uh, they are going to the parliamentary, par parliamentary assembly of the Council of Europe are going to vote on a resolution to investigate the uh, the weapons uh, supplies of terrorists in Syria. Um, and they also want to implement a special legislation so that whistleblowers and journalists can work more freely um, instead of being fired, which is uh, very positive news. I'm very happy that six months later, um, such international organization is willing to at least to investigate. I am uh, far from um, the illusion that justice will ever be served, maybe because I come from a place where we are so used to injustice that we can't even believe that finally, in the end, uh, justice will be served. But it's good that somebody in the end uh, raises uh, this problem. I mm -hmm. hope that... Uh, at least uh, special legislation will be passed on and we can work uh, freely and independently in the end without uh, persecution. Well, that, that's, a, that's, a very, uh, that's a very nice thing to hear, actually, and uh, maybe less a question than a comment about this whole story that you broke, Diljana. Um, you know, the, the plausible deniability um, idea here is so strong. I mean, technically speaking, uh, when the CIA and the Pentagon organized uh, these transports and and connected with these governments in Bulgaria and Azerbaijan and other places, um, you know, they they must have been told this this isn't illegal. You know, 
what mm-hmm. we're doing is perfectly legal. We're we have under uh, diplomatic cover. Uh, we can't be questioned or or um, or found out because of that privilege. And um, it's it's so sneaky, um, and yet somehow the CIA had managed to convince uh, the, the governments of the countries involved to participate. Um, and and it's interesting it, also, Bulgaria it does not, it. No, go ahead. Uh, it is not hard to convince uh, the, the Bulgarian government, I can assure you, uh, because uh, I've been working as a journalist for 15 years in my country, and uh, all I've seen here is, the, uh, serving uh, foreign interests, not the interest of the Bulgarian people. It is not uh, had at all uh, what I've seen in the documents. There are many companies which uh, acted um, as middlemen, uh, intermediary, and uh, they hit all the traces so that the scheme uh, would uh, uh, um, would be uh, on papers legal, but it it wasn't legal because in the end user certificate uh, the the end user was not specified. Uh, the U.S. Special Operations Command uh, sent letters to the Bulgarian government and to this special commission which authorizes uh, the weapons exports. And in these letters, the U.S. Special Operations Command. Uh, has written uh, these weapons are for uh, uh, the needs of the U.S. government and uh, our international allies abroad. But who are these international allies? And uh, furthermore, uh, this is a fake uh, end-user certificate. End-user certificate means that you must put and specify the, the end user who is going to use these weapons. It wasn't indicated in the document, so now we are talking about absolutely illegal uh, weapons export under Bulgarian legislation, and Bulgaria is a, a state party to the UN Convention and many other international treaties, and under all these international uh, treaties and legislation, Bulgaria is not allowed to export weapons to uh, third parties in this case, because unknown third parties on documents, uh, the the end user was not uh, specified. So, uh, however uh, we uh, look at these documents, they are fake. This is not uh, uh, an official document in the way that it should be presented to the government of another country. And mm-hmm. uh, Bulgarian government and Bulgarian officials who uh, signed such fake end-user certificates are to be put in jail. That's the, that's the truth. This is absolutely legal. And it is violation of the Bulgarian and international law. I'm not talking about the United States officials. Uh, I checked and uh, it turned out that the United States uh, has not joined this uh, international convention, which is uh, not surprising because they know very well, I mean, the Pentagon, the CIA, they know very well that what 
they have been doing is uh, would be legal if the U.S. Uh, join uh, this uh, UN convention. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. the United States has not signed it. But Bulgaria did sign such a convention, and not only Bulgaria, Serbia and other Balkan states. So we are talking about uh, intentional violation of uh, international law. And all those officials must be uh, uh, tried and must uh, be put in jail. But unfortunately, like like you mentioned, the... Um, there will there will be this investigation about the Bulgarian arms shipments, but um, but like you said, Bulgaria and all these other um, Balkan mm-hmm. and Eastern European countries are basically acting as middlemen. So the image that came to my mind was kind of like the um, drug dealing in the in well yeah. the way it is in the United States and Canada, for instance, where you have um, like the head of the organization, the the big boss of the 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 drug trafficking organization but then the only people that usually get caught are the <clears throat> the small guys on the street that are pushing the drugs you know for their bosses and the bosses never get caught it's always the guys on the street well i wouldn't say never but most often it's the you know the kids on the street that are pushing the drugs for their boss but uh the people actually organizing the um you know the, the getting the drugs into the country and then giving the drugs to their, uh, you know, low-level employees that, that sell them on the streets, the big guys never get caught. So in this case, yes. we've got Bulgaria being investigated, uh, potentially, yeah. but um, mm-hmm. but we'll never hear anything about how, um, you know, it was the, the United States government and military and intelligence agencies that were the ones pulling the strings and basically working the system um, and manipulating Bulgaria, among other countries, to do their dirty work for them. Because, like you said, the the U.S. isn't a party to like the International uh, Criminal Court, so they just get other countries who happen to be uh, parties to do the dirty work for them, and then they can get away with it. And like we won't see, um, you know, Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or you know anyone that was in government at that time or in the military or intelligence. <clears throat> None of them will be held to account, and uh, it's just a shame, really. Um. What uh, made me very angry uh, in terms of the Bulgarian involvement in the war in Syria was that um, many uh, international media organizations ignored uh, the Silkway documents. I mean, the documents proving that the Pentagon, the CIA, used the diplomatic cover and diplomatic flights to transport weapons to war zones. I provided uh, the full documentation to many Western journalists and uh, to many even uh, journalists uh, in Germany because um, people don't know, but uh, the German government uh, was also involved in weapon supplies Mm. to Syria. And uh, these documents prove that fact. Anyway, um, these foreign journalists just ignored uh, the documents and uh, preferred to report on the involvement of one small country like Bulgaria or Serbia or Romania from a country from Eastern Europe, uh, presenting them as the the main supplier of uh, terrorists in Syria. They just ignored the involvement of their own government. And my idea was, uh, I tried to, uh, what I wanted to do is, if 
many journalists join together and uh, if we all can help uh, can hold to account our governments the german government the bulgarian government the United, the us government and so on and i wanted to to do uh, uh, something like uh, an organization of journalists who can fight together because it was uh, it wasn't easy and uh, i i don't want to to lie to you i i had my bad times i had uh, uh terrible moments when i didn't want to go out i i feared for my family safety yes it was hard for me i don't want to lie to you but i thought that if uh many journalists join together we could make a difference unfortunately western journalists didn't want to publish uh, the Sukhoi documents. I don't know why. Uh, I got a, an answer from a, German, uh, from a journalist from Germany. In the beginning, he was very impressed. He was uh, willing to, to make a scandal in Germany and to, to reveal the truth. So I sent him all the documents and especially the documents I separated and attached to another email the documents uh, for Germany. So he asked uh, the US, uh, the, the Germany, the German Ministry of Defense about uh, uh, the involvement of his country in the weapon supplies. And he got uh, an answer that uh, the Defense Ministry of Germany never chartered Silkway Airlines, which was a blatant lie because he had the documents how the Ministry of Defense of Germany chartered many times Silkway Airlines for such weapons supplies. But mm-hmm. he just, uh, I don't know, he, he didn't publish anything. And so now people think that we have uh, countries which fight terrorism and we have countries which supply terrorism. And guess who are the countries who supply terrorism? Small countries from Eastern Europe, like Bulgaria, Romania. But the main players, you will not see them uh, in the mainstream media, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I mean, the the list of major countries in the world that were part of this program is just mind-boggling in one sense. In another sense, you know, you hear about Germany lying about the uh, their connection to Silkways, and and you remember um, how deeply the CIA has its hooks in into uh, German media, and uh, how the NSA has been so closely monitoring the German government. I mean, there have been so many stories of of how how much of a hold uh, the U.S. intelligence apparatus has on on the functioning of of Germany, uh, it it isn't such a surprise in in one sense. Um, but uh, on that note, Diliana, I uh, I'm wondering if we can get into your recent um, work in your research on uh, the Pentagon's bioweapon uh, research around the world, because um, when we saw this article uh, posted to Southfront a few weeks ago. Uh, the first thing I thought uh, when I saw it was, wow, um, 
science fiction. <laughs> this is not possible. <laughs> well, well, it's that, not- and I, I was very happy for you that you had uh, taken the taken the ball and and ran with it in a way. Uh, you know, you had you had broke that other story, and and here you were. I mean, this is uh, we we republished it as soon as we could. This is a really extensive, comprehensive article on uh, on the Pentagon's bioweapon research around the world. And and whatever you you know, whatever you think they've been doing, it's far more extensive, and there's far more money involved uh, than that I had imagined. So I, I guess the first question I'd want to ask you is how did you, um, what what made you interested in uh, in covering the, this topic as extensively mm-hmm. as you have with your new article? Mm-hmm. Uh, I came across. Uh... This uh, program, uh, which is not called uh, and not titled, uh, don't be mistaken, Biological Weapons Program. No, uh, I came across this uh, program while investigating um, all the Pentagon uh, weapons programs. And uh, because I come from, um, I'm from a generation which doesn't, I, I I don't have much memory of that time. Actually, I wasn't born uh, when uh, uh, the United States and uh, the other countries um, joined the UN Convention on the Prohibition of Biological Weapons in 1975. So for me, in the beginning, when I saw these documents, uh, it was it was really shocking. Uh, we are used to think about biological weapons as something which terrorists may obtain, may develop, and may use against uh, against civilians. This is what we are used to, to think uh, of the biological weapons. Or we saw uh, we we see biological weapons only on the, uh, in TV movies or Hollywood uh, movies, but when if you see documents, real documents, originating from the Pentagon about a program involving 25 countries, this is uh, uh, more than shocking. Mm-hmm. I got uh, uh, documents on uh, uh, a program which is called Cooperative uh, Biological Engagement Program. And... Uh, this program, which which is with a budget of 2.1 billion dollars so far, and uh, it funds uh, Pentagon bio laboratories in 25 countries across the world, but mainly countries which border on uh, Russia, China, and Iran. Uh, these are countries from. Uh, the former Soviet uh, Union, such as Georgia and Ukraine, also countries in the Middle East, uh, in Southeast Asia and Africa. And um, the program uh, has a very positive name, very positive title, Cooperative Biological Engagement Program. But when you start checking uh, uh, in detail the projects, you see that actually this is uh, an active biological weapons program involving the whole of the world. 
So what I did was to to follow the projects, especially in uh, Georgia and uh, in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that, um, by the way, I want to stress something which is the most scaring for me. The United States, the U.S. Army has a special military facility, uh, according to the documents which I obtained, in the state of Utah. This uh, military facility, which is called the Dugway Proving Ground, and which was used in the past um, by the U.S. Army while uh, they were running uh, the U- U.S. Uh, biological weapons program. So we have the same military facility uh, as uh, the one in the past, uh, testing and producing bioagents. I'm talking about the present. And this military facility not only produce um, bioagents such as anthrax, tularemia, botulinum toxin, but in this military facility, the U.S. Army also develops different techniques for dissemination of, of these biological uh, biological agents and not only by aerosol but also by explosives can you imagine that this army is testing dissemination of bioagents by explosives what for they say the justification is defensive program but what uh, defensive is there in the fact that first uh, the U.S. Army uh, tests dissemination by explosives of bioagents, and secondly, the U.S. Army has biolaboratories uh, around its main rivals, Russia, China, and Iran. Mm-hmm. The second uh, it is so scary that people even can't can't believe in it. I contacted uh, journalists in Georgia and in Ukraine. They were so scared to talk about uh, this issue. When they heard Pentagon program, they just uh, flatly rejected any conversation, not because it, they, they didn't know it was true, simply because they, they were so afraid and uh, they didn't want to, to risk uh, their safety, their well-being, these are small countries like Bulgaria. Uh, Georgia is even poorer country than Bulgaria. And uh, journalists uh, in Georgia just uh, uh, gave up on this uh, investigation. They didn't want to join me in investigating the Pentagon Bio Laboratory there. Uh, what is said is that uh, there are many outbreaks in all these countries where the Pentagon biolaboratories um, are operating mm-hmm. and people, uh, people suffer, people die of daily diseases on a daily basis, but they, they don't know the source of uh, these outbreaks. And the truth is that they are used as a testing ground for virus, bacteria and toxins, which can be easily weaponized and used in the future if uh, should the need arise against uh, Russia, China, and Iran. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, one of the shocking elements to your article, Diliana, was that they were also looking into weaponizing uh, insects. That they were testing um, mosquitoes and ticks and biting flies uh, 
to be used as vectors or carriers of various diseases. And when I read this, I thought, gosh, you know, if if they wanted to um, infect a, a, a part of the population in a really uh, underhanded and covert manner uh, without conventional weapons, they can just unleash uh, some of these weaponized insects that they've uh, produced in their labs to... Um, to destroy the health of, of people and possibly even kill them. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's like you said earlier, I mean, this is, it sounds like science fiction, but, um, uh, but there have been cases that you've documented that, uh, in the vicinity of these, uh, bio labs in, in Georgia and Ukraine, and I think Chechnya, where yes. people have experienced these, uh, these insects and have, come down with certain diseases yes and uh, uh, we must uh, uh, all ask the question why uh, has the US spent uh, eight hundred and forty million dollars over the past uh, years on synthetic biology and the defense um, uh, is the main uh, consumer of uh, this uh, uh, bio biological synthetic uh, uh, funding. Uh, what for? Uh, why is the Pentagon interested in researching uh, genetical modification of insects? Mm-hmm. Um, Pentagon has a number of uh, very scary military projects uh, on genetically modified insects. One of the projects which shocked me is um, uh, engineering of uh, insects so that they can transmit uh, genetically uh, modified viruses. On the one hand, you genetically engineer an insect. On the other hand, you genetically engineer a virus. And the aim of this project is to join them and uh, to do uh, a super uh, mosquito, for example, that can uh, target the specific population uh, transmitting uh, genetically modified virus. This is very scary. Uh, there are another project um, uh, which seeks to uh, create uh, again a special type of mosquito which uh, can resist uh, certain temperatures and which can uh, also uh, change its habitat. And I can give an example. Such a case, uh, such as the case in uh, Georgia and in neighboring uh, Dagestan, this is um, a republic from the Russian uh, Federation, and in uh, these uh, two uh, places, people uh, complain of being bitten by biting flies in their bathrooms while naked, and they can't defend themselves. Because these insects are everywhere. They, they can't be uh, killed. They can't be sprayed and uh, uh, destroyed. They are everywhere. These are super insects which 
probably are a result of the activity of the Pentagon in uh, this military uh, bar lab called Luga Center in the capital of uh, Georgia, Tbilisi. Also, I was shocked uh, by the fact that um, nobody questioned the need of uh, such uh, uh, programs. How can uh, the production of genetically modified viruses be, and insects be legal in the United States? But it is legal and uh, enhanced potential pandemic pathogens experiments are legal in the United States. Why? I mean, uh, why the legislation is uh, is uh, why why in the United States there is such a legislation for mm -hmm. what this is simply a way to uh, cover up such projects uh, mm -hmm. in the name of scientific research but I can't understand for what uh, the scientists uh, create uh, deadly viruses in order to research them but what's the what's the point of this mm -hmm. why do you want to create deadly viruses uh they can justify this uh, experiments in that way we want to be ready in the future if all of a sudden a deadly disease um uh occur occurs but uh all of us who are uh informed in the way the vaccination process happens, the scientists isolate the pathogen and then develop a vaccine. And it is not needed to develop the virus so that uh, you can develop a vaccine uh, afterwards. When you don't have even outbreak, you have a virus which is synthesized by you in a laboratory. I can't understand how how such experiments can be legal in the United States in the first place. Well, actually, uh, in your article, you mentioned uh, Jeff Sessions being a lobbyist uh, for some of the corporations that do this research um, and getting, I think the, the number was around a quarter of a million dollars uh, at some point. Um, in the yeah. 2007, 2008, um, he, uh, I think he he's the U.S. Attorney General under Trump right now, and um, if that should give folks any indication, there's a huge amount of money uh, that U.S. taxpayers are paying uh, through the Pentagon uh, to lobby our own politicians to support this kind of research. Um, so at least part of the answer uh, to this insanity, uh, as you uh, so well expressed, Ilyana, is that uh, there's a, a, a kind of a disease here in the U.S. of greed um, that would help our politicians, our military, to overlook the moral and ethical implications of such research. Um, in order to enrich themselves, and uh, it, it's it's just a, a a major major problem that we've been seeing and documenting here uh, on SOT.net for many years now. Um, so yeah, 
greed. That's a big one. Certainly. Yeah, and uh, the fact that uh, the Pentagon uh, uses um, private contractors, uh, this is very indicative. I want to stress that uh, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, uh, this is uh, the agency in charge of funding this program, has outsourced uh, much of the work under the military program to private companies which are not held accountable to Congress and uh, which can operate more freely and uh, move around the rule of law. Um, in some of the documents, I found out that um, U.S. civilian personnel are performing work at um, the Georgia Biolaboratory called the Luga Center uh, have also be been given diplomatic immunity, although they are not diplomats. Uh, this means that private companies can perform work under diplomatic cover for the U.S. government without being um, under the direct control of the host state or the Republic of Georgia. And this practice is uh, often used by the CIA to provide cover for its agents. Uh, it is all the same. If you follow the Pentagon programs, uh, it is uh, the CIA programs, they are connected. It is all, always the same. Uh, the use of diplomatic cover, the use of diplomatic immunity. In the case of the weapon supplies of terrorists in Syria, it was diplomatic flight, uh, flights. In the case of the Pentagon biolaboratories mm -hmm. in Ukraine and other places and other countries, you have private contractors with um, who uh, have been accorded diplomatic immunity. They are not diplomats. Uh, this is uh, the easiest way to cover up illegal activities and to provide um, uh, cover for your agents. And uh, it is all, always the same. Uh, also, very important detail, all these uh, projects are uh, carried out under an agreement with the host state. Mm -hmm. uh, but these agreements, uh, I, I had this uh, agreement between the Department of Defense and uh, the Ukrainian uh, state. All these agreements uh, prohibit the, the host uh, government or the local government of public disclosure of the information related to the program, which means that I can't ask officially the Ukrainian government uh, to provide uh, information, detailed information um, as to the type of uh, the bi biological research, the projects, the results, simply because they are not allowed to provide publicly this information. It is secret. And uh, this is another way to cover up uh, the program under uh, an agreement with the host state. Um, by the way, the Pentagon has been granted access to the state secrets of the host state under this agreement, which is very scary. Actually, uh, the host state uh, does not have um, control over the military biolaboratories on its own territory. It is scary. And um, in the case of Ukraine, there were a lot of outbreaks of daily diseases. The local police launched an investigation into, in one of the cases, infection 
uh, with incurable disease, but uh, because uh, the military program of the Pentagon in Ukraine is secret information, we can't ask questions and we can't get answers. This information is classified. Uh, what for? If uh, this is uh, for the benefit and for the health of the Ukrainian people, then why not uh, announce what uh, you have uh, done for these people? Why is it secret? And uh, I don't, I don't believe that anybody uh, who uh, has a look at these documents can trust the Pentagon that they are so altruistic. Uh, that they would spend 2.1 billion dollars on um, biological uh, research projects around the world, especially in countries bordering on Russia, China, and Ukraine, their main rivals, instead of spending this money on their own citizens. It is ridiculous. It is obvious that the Pentagon has spent so much money on a military program which aims to develop uh, biological weapons. Mm -hmm. And this is not my allegation, this is, uh, these are the facts. And all these facts are probable and uh, verifiable by documents originating from the Pentagon. Um, the third thing is that we can't convince uh, people um, that such things can happen today. People uh, in Ukraine, in Georgia, I, I had communication with them, they did confirm a lot of uh, inexplicable outbreaks, but they 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 can't uh, accept the fact that their own government can use them as a testing ground for uh, for something so so terrible, so scary. They just don't want to believe this. Well, the, the U.S. has a long history itself of uh, testing uh, biological agents and other things on its own population. Um, there is the uh, Tungiski experiment, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, where um, soldiers in the, the U.S. southern regions were uh, infected with, I think it was plutonium or something else. Um but anyway, you, you've done a lot of research into this uh, particular subject. One of the things that uh, that struck me in a, in, a, in a rather strong way was a section uh, that you wrote, um, how to kill 625,000 people for just 29 cents cost per death. Uh, and uh, This is a, a Pentagon project, yes. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah. Do do you want to speak mm -hmm. on that a little bit, or uh, this uh, this is from information from uh, Pentagon uh, declassified Pentagon um, documents, um, and according to this uh, military reports, um, I mean this is a military report uh, um, on the U.S. Um, biological weapons program in the past. One of uh, the experiments, uh, maybe uh, it wasn't only one, but it was a comparison between an aerosol attack with um, tularemia on a city and um, 
mosquito attack uh, with um, insects infected with uh, yellow fever. And uh, this report, the aim of this report was to assess which way of attacks is more effective but cheaper. And it turned out that if the US Army potentially uses um, aerosol attack uh, on a city and infect the city, infects the city with uh, tularemia, mm -hmm. it would be cheaper and it would cost uh, them to kill uh, um, six, more than six, uh, six, 600,000 people uh, just uh, for 20, 29 cents per death. It is scary. So they also researched uh, how to produce more casualties for less money. That's right. Uh, well, that's like a. This, and this shows how how much our lives cost them. Mm. Our lives cost them twenty nine cents for this. It's, it's it cost of our life. So this one, th this example isn't so much like a science fiction movie. It's more of a like a, a comedy horror movie. Like this is Doctor Strangelove meets like Twenty Eight Days Later, where you've got a bunch of people in a, <clears throat> you know, in a bunker somewhere, talking about the, the the weaponized uh, the weaponized mosquito gap and being like, oh well, well we can get this many mega deaths, you know, for only twenty nine cents on the dollar, and it, it's just it would be funny if if it weren't, you know, so disturbing at the same time. Unfortunately, they are willing to spend huge amount of money. And um, I wonder uh, why the taxpayers in the United States are not informed uh, about the way their money uh, has been spent because um, to be honest, I don't follow the domestic news, U.S. domestic news that much. But I know that people complain that the, they don't have enough money to, to treat um, their children because uh, the state uh, doesn't provide enough uh, help for um, health care and so on. So there, this problem with the health system in the United States exists. Can you imagine if all this money spent on uh, biological research projects abroad, if they were spent in the United States for the, the American children, for their health, for, um, for other humanitarian purposes? I'm sure that the, the American citizen, citizens would not approve of their money being spent on uh, producing viruses, bacteria, and toxins. Because I even can't calculate over uh, the last decade how much money uh, has been spent on the production of viruses, bacteria, and toxins. For what? Probably uh, this is. Um, we will have answer in the future. I hope not. But um, the the thing is, all these biolaboratories are located uh, in countries bordering on uh, the main rivals of the United States. And a few days ago, the Pentagon chief uh, announced that uh, the main threat uh, 
is uh, the main threat to the Pentagon is uh, China and Russia. And obviously, the pile of laboratories are located exactly in the countries bordering on the, their main rivals. Also, another interesting fact. The U.S. has been um, secretly collecting biological material from Chinese and um, Russians. I have no idea as to why the U.S. Uh, Army has been collecting xenobial uh, tissue and RNA from Russians. I have absolutely no idea. I uh, read, um, again, a military uh, report, which was uh, prepared by uh, the uh, U.S. Army, and uh, it uh, it is titled um, uh, "Genetically Modified Pathogens." In this military report, uh, the U.S. Army lists um, five uh, groups of genetically modified modified pathogens, among which uh, designer diseases. These designer diseases can be used uh, to target a specific uh, genotype or specific uh, ethnic group and uh, to develop for the development of um, uh, ethnical bioweapons. Uh, so far, nobody has ever publicly confirmed uh, the development and research of ethnical bioweapons, but the fact that this type of weapons are present in a military report means that probably there it is highly likely that uh, the Pentagon has been researching such type of weapons. And why are they uh, collecting biological material from especially uh, Chinese and Russians? I have no answer. Well. Uh this idea of ethnic-specific biological weapons first came to our attention about 15 years ago. Uh, we had read stories about Israel researching uh, the ways to um, design weapons that would just kill those of Arab descent, um, which seems uh, pretty ridiculous, but uh, there it is. There, there is a precedent for, for this, it seems. Um, and uh, on on your point about this, uh, you know, collecting um, material from uh, from the Russians and the Chinese, uh, President Putin recently addressed the Russia's uh, Human Rights Council and said, "Do you know that biological material is being collected all over the country from different ethnic groups and people living in different geographical regions of the Russian Federation?" The question is, why is it being done? And, yes, he, and, he, can, and he continues, he says, it's being done purposefully and professionally. We are kind of an object of great interest. So at least they're aware of it. Yeah, and also in the case of uh, China, uh, I want to point out um, a number of um, projects on collection of uh, biological material from Chinese people, such as saliva, cancer tissue. Why is the why uh, has the U.S. collecting uh, has collected uh, saliva and cancer tissue from 
Chinese people. Uh, what for? These are projects uh, which uh, I read over and over again, and I just couldn't figure out why. Why uh, do they collect saliva, DNA, obviously, and tensor tissue from Chinese people? What for? Um, these are all uh, projects uh, and uh, which can be verified by documents. Uh, this is not science fiction. Maybe we sound like this, but unfortunately, all of these uh, documents originating from the Pentagon, meaning that all this is not science fiction. Uh, this is what is ha happening now in Ukraine, in Georgia, in the United States, because can you imagine that in the United States, I don't know if this fact is um, uh, known in the United States, but the U.S. Army is producing even now live bioagents and uh, is testing them uh, for dissemination by aerosols and uh, explosives. By the way, uh, this facility has been used uh, not only for research on bioagents, but also chemicals, probably chemical weapons. Although the U.S. has uh, joined uh, the U.N. conventions on the prohibition of uh, biological weapons and chemical weapons as well. And their justification is we are doing all of this for defense. But there is nothing defensive when you test bioagents or chemicals and uh, disseminate them by uh, aerosols or other means. This is not the defense. This is the offensive uh, military program. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is something that uh, the, the U.S. citizens must uh, decide on whether they want to support uh, their government or not. Because this uh, money, this is uh, the U.S. taxpayer uh, money. And uh, they must decide on what uh, programs uh, the Pentagon must uh, focus on. Either competition with uh, China and Russia and uh, nuclear, uh, new nuclear weapons or some more uh, peaceful purposes. Because the truth is, uh, when you spend more money uh, in production of uh, a develop development of weapons, this is not something which can bring peace to the world. And the history in our uh, world uh, proved that. Yeah. Unfortunately, our uh, our country, we're in the U.S. in North Carolina. Uh, we have been watching so many um, developments here that have fractured uh, our society in, in the past uh, 10 years, and especially in the past year and a half, Diliana. I mean, there it's like we've, we're waking up to a, another reality, and people are, are so distracted. They're so... Um, uh, they're so uh, identified with um, either getting ahead or materialism or their own ideological uh, uh, preferences that uh, not to mention the fact that the media here is so controlled uh, 
Um, and people have been, uh, people are, are, unless you're going to websites like, uh, Sod or, or Southfront or, uh, a number of others, um, unless you're really looking for the truth, it, it's, it seems quite easy for people to be, um, um, manipulated into believing that things are a certain way, but there's a lot of anger here and, and we expect things to boil over, uh, in the coming years, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just speaks to what you said. Why aren't people, uh, standing up against this sort of thing? And you're absolutely right. Um, but they've been lied to and, and they're so far from knowing things and, you know, I think the only mainstream uh, source of your story on the Syrian arms trafficking was Al Jazeera. Uh, it, th- these important stories are just, they're not covered here, and, and we do try and cover them as best we can on SOT. Um, yeah, but you run into the same problem that uh, that you run into, Diliana, is that... Uh, it, like even though Bulgaria is a small country and like and the the Americans actually have quite a, a big amount of influence over Bulgarian like politics and media um, in the states there may be there may be a lot more media but it's just as controlled even if it's just a matter of like a self censorship where stories like this you know will never get mass media coverage. Um, or at least, you know, it, it would take a it would take a miracle basically to to make a story like this go viral and to have all of the mainstream media covering it. Um, you run up against that just immediate self censorship where the you know whoever gets the story will either say, oh well, you know that's that's not good publicity, or it's probably not a good idea to cover that, or it's probably not true. And then if they are interested, then their editor says, oh no, we can't run that. So it's it's like you're up against a, a huge uh, you know, a huge machine that doesn't want any information like this to get out. And even if it does get covered by some miracle, the implications of it, the the meaning of it, the significance of it, uh, won't get explained to people. Uh, for instance, you know, there's a reason why the Pentagon is doing research so heavily, uh, in Ukraine, in Chechnya, in Georgia, uh, uh, on the doorstep of of Russia, it's it's uh, it's geopolitical uh, nemesis, and and people, uh, I mean, these are just points that um, seldom come to light in in our controlled uh, information space here in the U.S. Uh, yes, you're right, and I I don't know how the situation in the United States with the media is. But I know how the situation with the media in Ukraine and in Georgia and in Bulgaria is. These are countries uh, which are totally influenced by foreign uh, money and foreign uh, interests and powers. Bulgaria is a NATO member state, meaning that uh, all our foreign policy is totally subjugated to the interests of NATO, and um, the same is with Georgia, the same is with uh, Ukraine. Um, I can't understand, uh, I I had a conversation with uh, one Ukrainian journalist, and I can't understand why why that journalist uh, 
keep silence about uh, it is about them i'm i don't live in ukraine but i do care i i don't live in georgia but i do care about the georgian people mm-hmm. uh, because no matter where we live uh it's not about me about my well well-being we are all human beings and um we must do something. I know that the situation in Ukraine, in Georgia is the same, and the journalists are uh, so afraid that something bad can happen to them. Probably in Ukraine, in Georgia, they, they can even be killed. I don't know. I don't have such fears in my country. But probably they, they fear for their lives. I don't know. But it is about them. How can they allow their government to allow foreign country to come on their territory to set up by laboratory producing viruses, bacteria and toxins and mm-hmm. testing these viruses, bacteria and toxins on the uh, local uh, population. And furthermore, to classify such programs and to prohibit the local government from uh, public disclosure. This is uh, this uh, uh, equals uh, treason, really. It is uh, unimaginable. This means that uh, you uh, you can't defend yourself in any way, and I can't understand this uh, uh, indifference which I uh, meet everywhere. Uh, people think that well, we are healthy, we are fine, we don't care. This is not true because tomorrow it will be you, it will be your child and uh, mm-hmm. your parents that can die because uh, we forgot. Uh, what happened uh, in uh, Africa, the Ebola uh, crisis, how many people died of Ebola, because it's so far away. Uh, these are people from another continent. Uh, uh, they are less worthy of um, international media coverage because it is in Africa. But actually, the, the, uh, the Pentagon had... Uh, military biolaboratories at the epicenter of the Ebola crisis. And uh, also there is one private contractor, American company, working um, at uh, the Pentagon biolaboratories in Ukraine, in Georgia, which also had been awarded a lucrative contract for activities uh, at the epicenter of uh, the Ebola crisis even before the outbreak of Ebola, meaning that this outbreak was um, somehow um, predicted by the Pentagon. Because why uh, was this company sent to Sierra Leone two years before the outbreak to research Ebola? This is uh, the title of um, uh, the project. And the, uh, the conclusion is that the Pentagon researched uh, the Ebola virus before the epidemic. Uh, logically, the Pentagon, if this was a natural outbreak, the Pentagon uh, must have researched uh, the Ebola virus during the uh, Ebola epidemic, not before that, because otherwise they should have uh, prevented uh, the epidemic, not uh, allowing the spread of this virus among the local population. There are many questions, but um, I feel so sorry for people in Africa. They, they suffer so much and nobody cares about them because mm-hmm. they are not worthy of international media attention. 
because they didn't have the luck to be born in uh, Europe or in the United States. They were born in Africa. So their life doesn't matter. And their life is like uh, this uh, document, military document, uh, 29 uh, cents per death. This is uh, the, the value of their life. It's very sad. And uh, I hope that uh, in the end, uh, journalists uh, from all the countries affected will realize uh, what this program could uh, do to all of us, to the whole of the world, because uh, you can't control viruses. You can't genetically modify them, what the Pentagon has been doing, but you can't control and confine a virus from uh, spreading if something goes wrong. That is why uh, this is uh, the subject of maybe my future investigation. The Pentagon has uh, a lot of programs on uh, development of vaccines. So the Pentagon uh, genetically modifies uh, viruses and at the same time produces vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, this is strange because all of this is not natural. All of this is uh, intentional. You create a virus and then create a vaccine for this virus to protect in the future your military personnel, probably. This is uh, the only possible explanation. Huge amount of money, really huge amount of money, millions of dollars over the years for creation of viruses, deadly viruses. And and who knows with all we with what we've been reading about vaccines, if um, you know the the vaccines are being created to make people even more vulnerable to the viruses or to something else. Um, mm -hmm. But as you were speaking, uh, Diliana, I was reminded of something Martin Luther King Jr. had said, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, injustice anywhere is a danger to people everywhere. Um, and that's that, I think, is uh, what you've driven uh, home today for us here uh, in the studio and our listeners and uh, I just want to thank you for uh, spending the time with us today uh, to go over in, in so much detail uh, what it is we've been seeing um, and what it is you've been learning. And uh, we really look forward to your future uh, research and, and work. And uh, it was a pleasure to speak with you today. It's been an honor to be your guest and uh, thank you for the opportunity to to speak up, I don't have uh, much opportunity. Um, I don't have many opportunities to be uh, to have so much time to explain and to to have such support. Thank you, and thank you to your listeners as well. Well, thank you, Diliana. And any time, like the next time you you write an article, uh, we'd be we'd be glad to have you back on the show to speak for as long as you want. So, uh, <laughs> thank you again for for making the time for us. Thank you, too. Best of luck. Okay, thank you. Take take care. Well, that's going to bring this show to its end. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And um, catch us next Sunday as we bring you back some more news. And don't forget the Health and Wellness Show on Fridays at 11 a.m. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.